Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned PhD. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. Hey, hey, everybody. Well, welcome to another edition of Discover the Leader in You. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Carthen, the leadership linebacker, and we are at season five, episode two of Discover the Leader in You. And I just really want to tug your uh, coattails today, you know, because all across the headlines and television broadcasts, we see differences of opinion about what leadership should consist of and what type of temperament leaders should have if they're going to be successful. In fact, many of the voices that you hear suggest that leadership can no longer be status quo and that we must cultivate a new mindset, a mindset that is steeped in being positive but also realistic. I personally would have to agree with the positive assessment, but I also think that leadership is situational and based upon how followers or constituents react to a leader's cues. So on today's show, we have the perfect guest to offer us insight into the mind of a leader and why leadership can no longer be business as usual. Dr. Bob Roush, president and CEO of Energy Driven Leader Incorporated, will be joining us in the studio to share how leaders can harness their own power within to lead in a meaningful way while moving from stress to success. But before we introduce Bob, I want to remind all of you This is a live show. This is your opportunity. I've been tweeting to you and been sending out notices, and I want you to call in, ask Dr. Bob some questions. You can actually give us a call at 1-888-281-1110, or you can tweet your questions to at Jason Carthen, or you can also tweet them to at Dr. Bob Roush. We would certainly love to uh, hear from you and connect with you in a meaningful way. also want to remind everybody that my new book, my newest book, 52 Ways to Tackle Leadership for Your Success, is now available. If you'll go to either jasoncarthen.com or 52waysleadershipbook.com, you'll also have an opportunity to receive special bonuses. And then I also have, and this was Met with rave reviews last week. My uh, free masterclass It's a webinar that I hold on how to get booked and paid to speak life. It's coming up on Thursday, November 10th. You can actually uh, register by sending a text message. I speak life to 444-999 and we'll get you registered and get you all squared away for the webinar. We'd love to see you on there. Okay. Once again, everybody, I'd love to hear from you. You can actually give us a call at one 888 281-1110. Now, without further ado, Dr. Bob is founder and president of Energy Driven Leader Incorporated, a gifted conceptual thinker. He combines his PhD in clinical psychology with 30 years of experience working with corporate executives and entrepreneurs in the U.S., Canada, and Europe. He delivers a unique experience with his clients and his insights are evident in his leadership and team coaching programs. You know, Dr. Bob has authored four books and numerous articles on leadership. He was twice nominated Author of the Year in Georgia and received the Reader's Favorite Award by the Fabricators and Manufacturers Association International. Some of his clients have included U.S. Steel, PGA, 
uh, Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, and the universities of Toronto and York. Dr. Barber and his wife, Ginger, live in Dallas, Texas. They have five sons, seven grandsons, and their little dog, Francesca. Dr. Bob, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Hey, Dr. Jason. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. I'm doing well. Doing very well. It's uh, it's great to hear all that you're up to in leadership. It sounds pretty impressive. Oh, thank you, sir. Well, hey, you are no slouch. I've been looking at you <laughs> and all the things you're doing, man. And, you know, I just love the fact that you have a heart and a passion for people. And, you know, at the end of the day, Dr. Bob, so many times leaders can work in a silo and they don't want to get uh, coaching or training, but it seems like you are sort of getting rid of all of that. You're making your services available, and you are truly changing leaders everywhere globally. So that is a great thing, man. I applaud you for that. Well, thank you very much. I, I, uh, trust me, I'm trying to get my little fingers in every little pie I can find. <laughs> <laughs> and there are plenty, and, and you know this as well as I do, there are plenty of opportunities out there yes that, that's that's for sure and it's uh it's it's a great time to use our gift and um and to also to to touch the lives of leaders so that they touch the lives of others right right and that you know yeah. what i mean just if we even stuck a pin in that part and talk the rest of the show about that the whole idea of empowering a leader so they can then impact their followers, it's almost like a ripple effect, and it just keeps oh, on going. Yeah, yeah. It, it really does. And In fact, when, I, when, uh, when you so kindly asked me to be a, uh, on this show, and I, I looked at the title, what, uh, uh, what leadership is no long, uh, Why Leadership is No Longer Business as Usual, I, you know, I thought about that and thought about it. I thought, you know, that really is a thoughtful title because I know that you have found, as I have found, that what you said earlier, that many leaders either feel like they don't have the time, they don't have the, the energy, they, they just don't take the time for their own, their own personal development and growth. And man, it's so important for them to have that. Yeah. I mean, it's crucial. I mean, I, I think... Um... You know, especially what you do with the whole coaching side of it. And, and Bob, I'm going to brag on you here for a second, too. The courses that you offer, I mean, you are you're impacting leaders and giving them different means to learn and grow. And I, and I think that's the thing. You know, we can't remain stagnant. But so many people will say, you know, I don't. I don't have time or I, I, well, I don't have the budget <laughs> to, to fly out <laughs> and do a $5,000 training and different things like that. But in looking at your website and, and looking at some of the uh, comments that people have, I mean, you're offering things like the courses that really will help people to learn and grow and they don't have to break the bank. And, you know, I do some of the same things, you know, with my courses and my webinars mm-hmm. and all of that. So it just really takes intentionality. And that's, that's good stuff, man. We got to change with the times. So. Oh, absolutely! You know, absolutely. I, I'm, I, I, I really when when I decided that I was going to shift and move into leadership development, it, I had been 15 years in my private practice and uh, in clinical psychology, and had ju- I mean, I clocked up some 35,000 hours of working with all types of problems with people and 
and uh, and then surprisingly many of them were were men and when when I shifted into the corporate world I was a little uh, actually I was a little anxious about that that I that gee whiz you know does or would the corporate world really respond to a PhD in clinical psychology and what I discovered is most of them need a clinical psychology really bad. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and yep. I know you found that to be true. I, Absolutely. I just, they need they need a lot. And it's not that they're hard headed or whatever else. It's just what you said is that many, many are just they're just saddled with so much stuff that it's really hard for them to think about what they need to do inside their own heart and their in their mind. Right, right. And, and you know, yeah. it's, it's so interesting, Dr. Bob, that, you know, people, once they get into those positions, it's like, okay, I've done all I need to do. Let me try and be the best I can be at this. But they don't realize there are still what I like to call growth edges. There are things that they just don't know about. There are dark spots that they don't know about, or mm-hmm. there are things that they really need someone else to be able to speak into their lives to impact. So as long as they're open you know, and that's a big, big thing. As long as they're open, then there is a tremendous opportunity for people to grow in terms of leadership. And, and you're mm-hmm. dead on. You're dead on because when I go into organizations, it's the same thing. You know, PhD, you think from a very statistically based methodology of helping people. And people want to go, well, wait a minute, how is this going to help? But once we start diving in and digging in and dealing with home of origin issues, it's like, whoa, okay, this yeah. is this is impacting oh, my yeah. leadership. So, you know, and it segues into one of the questions that I wanted to ask you because you have really coined a very unique phrase. You know, you, you really start talking about this idea of energy and People have called you the energy doctor. What type of energy are you referring to, and how did you get started using that in the business? Well, the the, the type of energy is just is, is our biological resources. I mean, that's the um, and and I can tell you a quick story. When I when I was in private practice, I um, toward the end of my private practice, I was really burning out. I, I was tired of of uh, what I was doing. I had lost my purpose. I was just kind of, I just didn't know where I was headed. Mm-hmm. And I remember one night staying in my office late and I was walking around and actually praying and saying, Lord, you better help me because, you know, they're not getting any better and I'm getting worse. Yes. And you don't, yeah. You don't want to see your psychologist dread you coming, walk, walking through the door. You know mm-hmm. I mean? It, so, so, the, but the answer that I got—not the verb, not a verbal answer—but the, but the answer that I got was, Bob, these folks are out of energy, and I—I've I, always thought, Jason, that the, the simplest things were the most important. And so, the next morning, I, not knowing, not knowing, what I was talking about, the first guy that came in, and again, a big part of my practice was men. Uh, I asked the guy, I said, well, what did you do with your mental and emotional energy this week? And of course, he looked at me like a deer in the headlights, and he didn't know what I was talking about. And truthfully, I didn't know what I was talking about. But <laughs> sooner than later, I got it. And that is that we have been given, all of us have been given this resource of energy. And it drives all of our mental, emotional, and physical being. 
Um, uh, and so, so we really need to be good shepherds of that energy. And I've heard the stories, and I know you have too, the horror stories. Well, I'll give you an example. I have, I work with a steel company in East Texas and their CEO would, on their, when they had their annual meeting, their CEO generally started it with, Listen, I'm a, I'm like the organ grinder, and you guys are a bunch of monkeys. So you're going to do what I tell you to do. Ouch. And it was like you talk about killing the energy of an organization. My goodness, yes. And that's something it blew my mind to hear that. And so, so when I started really looking at the energy thing, I talked to I talked to theologians, I talked to doctors, I talked to physicists. Uh, there's some great stories I've gotten from uh, from a biotheoretical physicist about energy. They call it it's light, it's photons in the body, and all of that. And we probably won't have time to go into it. But the, but the fact of the matter is, is that we all have this resource of energy, and we have to decide how we're going to use it. And if we if we abuse it, then what happens to not only to us is we experience more anxiety, we experience more depression, but it also negatively impacts those people who we really want to serve and the people who want, we want to be engaged. We want them to be engaged. So, uh, so my wife said, my wife said to me one day, she said, you know what you are? She said, you're like the energy doctor. And I said, well, okay. And and of course, when Ginger says something, I salute and execute. And, and, You know, I like that. Know, I like that. <laughs> I, I have been I have been the energy doctors uh, since then, about twenty five years ago, I guess. Now, wow, Bob, you know that is great, man. We're going to transition a break here in a second, but you know, one of the things that I, I sort of want our audience to make sure they're getting from this. I mean, you touched on several things. If you are not internally healthy, if you are not keeping your energy level up, and we're going to unpack that a little bit more. It can actually make you prone to several things, depression. It can make you prone to not having enough energy to move forward in the day. And then ultimately, you're going to pass that to your followers, if I'm hearing you correctly. You're correct, my friend. That is exactly what happened. Yeah, and I think that, you know, before we transition here, I think our listening audience, get a pen and some paper. (laughs) Make sure you get ready to write some of this stuff down because Bob and I are going to talk about really how you can address some of these things going forward. He's going to give you some nuggets that he actually uses with some of his coaching clients. So, hey, everybody, stay tuned. You are on with the Leadership Linebacker, and we're talking about why leadership is no longer business as usual. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. We are on with Dr. Bob Roush. He is the president and CEO of Energy Driven Leader Incorporated. And, you know, he's really giving us some nuggets here today and maybe some things that we habitually do not want to think about. But the reality is this. If we are not operating on all cylinders internally, psychologically, emotionally, and and some would hazard, you know, saying this, but, you know, I love the Lord and I'm going to share it spiritually. There's going to be Mm -hmm. some challenges for you. And and, you know, Bob, it, it resonated with me because, uh, you know, I've written several books and also some articles. And one of the articles I dealt with years ago was Biopsycho-Spiritual Homeostasis. And 
Wow. Yeah, the reality That's- of what you're talking about, it, it really yeah. hits home. You know, it, it really hits home with some of the things that I presented at a conference on. And this is deep stuff, man. But I think that, Bob, you're stepping on toes because if you were preaching, folks would be looking at you like, wait a minute now. <laughs> because, you know, when people start talking about you have to be healthy internally, you know, a lot of times people say that's my personal space and you're, and you're meddling. I don't want to deal with that. And I have home of origin issues. I can't really grow. But, Bob, that can get in the way of things, right? Oh, yes, sir, Jason. I mean, it really does. The, uh, and I can tell you that the last six men that called me or I had a meeting with that wanted to consider coaching with me, five out of the six of those people, would they were talking about their objectives that they wanted to accomplish and all the typical things that we hear from leaders. But they, And I promise you, all five of them stopped dead and they said, you know what I really want to know? And I said, I have no idea. I want to know what my purpose is in life. Yes, yes. And, and it mm-hmm. it kind of like blew me away. One guy who was a was a, a, a very a very spiritual fellow. He said, he said, I want to know what God. I want to know what God's will is for my life. And and uh, it, you know, and it's interesting with all of this touchy feel, like the energy stuff and all of that. I've never had anybody push back. Uh, when they, you know, when they really started talking about their people are losing that sense of their own reason for being and doing what they're doing. And of course, I'm like you. I mean, I, I truly believe that comes from the spirit. And I think that the source of all energy is in the spiritual part of our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and it drives the mental and emotional, physical. And here's what I here's what I found. Along with the purpose thing, and I think purpose is so important to define. Mm-hmm. But 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 along with that, I've I, I found this to be true: that we all start out with basically three positive behaviors, and they are uh, performance. We all want to perform at, at our highest level. A responsibility. We all want to be responsible individuals as leaders, and also we all want to please people. We all have those three positive things. But what occurs under the pressure and the stress of a leader's uh, just responsibility? The, what happens in leadership is those positives become a negative, mm-hmm. and in, and so what happens to performance when the stress gets too high? Now it's got. I got to prove myself. Mm-hmm. And it, with responsibility, rather than I got to go to, I need to go to work and be responsible. Now I'm hyper responsible. I got, I'm responsible for way too many people and way too many things. I'm responsible for people instead of being responsible to people. And the people pleasing, the the idea that I want to please people under stress becomes the. The truly the uh, I, I've got I got to have people like me. I, they have to put, now now leaders don't talk about that, but those three positive behaviors become negative behaviors, and it's the source of all anxiety. It is the source of all anxiety. Is nothing more than a feeling that is the result of rotten behaviors that we're doing over a period of time. And and when when leaders take a look at that, and that all comes in their heart, Dr. Jason, you know that. I mean, it's not just stuff that happens in our head. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I still have, I mean, I have guys that, I, that I've worked with, and I'm, and I'm sure you have too, who are up in their 50s. They're still trying to prove that their father, to their father that they can be successful. That's right. Yeah, that's so Unbelievable. true. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And so all of that pressure, and then they feel the responsibility at work, and then they go home and they feel like they're, you know, they're not being responsible. They're, they're overly responsible there. And then the anger comes and then the anxiety comes and it just gets to be a, it gets to be a real circus after a while. Um, and, and I'm with you. I mean, I, until the, until the guys, because I work with men mostly, as I said, until they feel the pain point, mm-hmm. they, they are not going to really look at that heart part. Right. It's not just my head. It's mm-hmm. my heart. That 18 inches from the, my head to my heart mm-hmm. is so valuable. And when a, when a man starts looking at it, uh, then, then it, there begins to be some, some shifts. And I found three ways for, for guys to do that. Uh, you want me to share that real quick with Absolutely, you? please, yeah. This now this one really blew my mind. I had a couple guys take me to lunch about three years ago, and they said, "We want you to do a presentation to our organization." It was an executive organization here in Dallas, and I said, "Great. What do you want me to talk on?" They said, "We want you to talk on the impact of a father on a leader." And I stopped and I said, "Are you sure you want me to talk oh, about that?" Oh boy! <laughs> and I tell you. Uh, Jason, I, I I put that together, and it was like unbelievable the response. I mean, I had some guys in the in in the room, and I mean, we're talking you know fifty, sixty guys in a in a room, and a couple of them who just couldn't even talk because of the just the emotion of bringing that back up. And we don't realize it's not a daddy thing. We don't realize that that you said it perfectly. The family of origin has tremendous impact. The second thing is our influencers. Who are the people who have influenced me the most in my life? And when we find that out, uh, then, then we find out what the, what the real purpose of a, of an individual, um, is. And then, and the other thing is those significant life events. You know, when a man can sit down and write down those events and look at his influencers and determine what was that father like? You know, how did he impact my leadership? Then he's delving into some deep waters, and he's he's going to come out a, a stronger leader. Yeah, absolutely. And these are things that I think that people need to understand. They're not dichotomous. They don't have to be separate from your ability to lead exceptionally well. You know, people need to understand once you do that heart work, and it's like what I like to tell people, do your work <laughs> psychologically and emotionally. <laughs> You need to do right. your work because you can damage people. Those that are following you, you will damage if you don't do your own work. And it's really uh, some yeah. of the things that you're describing right here and some of the some of the impact that you've had through your exec- executive coaching. I think people need to really get in touch with if they don't do the work, if they don't deal with home of origin issues, if they don't deal with the impact of the father on a leader. OK. And what are some of the influences in their life? then they're really just leading blind, in my opinion. That's what happens, and you react to the outside stimuli. You know, whether it's you know people yep. not listening to you, whether it's your followers not doing what you think they're supposed to do, whatever it may be. But I'd love to hear your reaction on that, just the thoughts of it. 
Well, absolutely. You know, because it's it's uh, it's imperceptible. In other words, people don't sit around and think about the the impact of, of their father. And then sometimes when they hear it, they hear, it, oh, well, you know, that that's the touchy feely stuff. But and some people say, well, you know, I'm I'm super successful. I had a, I had a fellow call me two months ago, and he was telling he he was I met him. He, I mean, he cried during the during the interview. He was so miserable, and he was making money hand over fist. He was making a lot of money, and he had left his wife. He wasn't divorced. He mm. had a girlfriend. He had uh, he had just a lot of things that were um, that that were we would call successful. But that man was miserable. No, and and my sense about it is is that what you're saying is right on the money. That we don't have to go into psychology, delving into the depths of psychology. You know, my whole thing working with leaders is how are we going to raise your bottom line to a higher a higher bottom line? How are we going to increase your profitability? Nice. But if you're in your own way, you're the guy. Who's decreasing? Well, people say, well, you know, one guy told me, he said, well, I have a boss who's, who's horrible. He's terrible. He's, he's, he's upset. He's angry most of the time. And, and, and he gets, he gets a whole lot out of us. And I asked him, I said, what's turnover like? He said, oh man, he says, people leave the company like crazy. You know, they, because they can't take that kind of of abuse. Not only does the leader abuse himself, but he abu- he can abuse his family. He can abuse you know the people and and the, and the workforce as well. So it, it's not like getting psychotherapy. It's like finding out the factors that make me a a strong leader. Mm. And gee whiz, I mean, we can you you've seen them in in professional sports. Yes. Um, who had. You know, they had dads who were, and they had people in their lives who would, you know, would just, they were so positive and so powerful, and they didn't have a lot of hang-ups over that stuff, you know, was, you know, and leaders need to do that in corporations as well. Absolutely. Hey, Dr. Bob, we're going to take a quick break here, but I think uh, the listening audience, you are getting some nuggets today. Dr. Bob is sharing some things relative to not only why leadership is no longer business as usual, but why the leaders really need to understand there needs to be a heart transaction, a heart change that needs to take place if they're truly going to reach their full potential and reach those growth edges that are really right there for them to reach. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. You are listening to discover the leader in you. And I'm your host, Dr. Jason Carthen. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. You are on listening to Discover the Leader in You, and you are listening to the leadership linebacker and Dr. Bob Rouse. She's the president and CEO of Energy Driven Leader Incorporated. Now, Dr. Bob, let me ask you, if people wanted to get in contact with you and if they want to take mm-hmm. some of your courses, how could they do that? Are you are you on social media? What's your contact information? Uh, it's uh, the the website, and uh, that's where they can they can get uh, the the courses and read some of our blogs. Uh, is www.energydrivenleader.com. It's energydrivenleader.com. But I also 
love the personal touch, and I and I think you do too. I'm yes. based on what you said at the beginning of the show. I mean, my email address is Dr. Bob D R B O B at energydrivenleader.com. dot com, um, and for, phone number four six nine three eight seven six six five five. I don't run the meter every time somebody calls. Me. So, you know, I want people to know, you know, this is my purpose in life and my gift in life. And I, and, uh, you know, so yeah, thank you for, for, you know, asking for that. Absolutely. I I appreciate it. Absolutely. And I, and I love that because, you know, at the end of the day, when it's, when it's your purpose, I tell people this all the time, I always offer free consultations and strategy sessions and I have just a button on my website that says work with me. If you click that, you get scheduled. We make it happen, you know, because people need to understand, hey, is this really my purpose? Is this something I want to do? So I like to help people figure that part out. And I've seen your site. You do the same thing. And I I love that. Keep that personal touch going, man. It's it's just so important. Uh, Well, it really is. And I and I and I love the idea that that you're so strong on the purpose thing. I mean, we we uh, this is what I found. We either operate from a negative purpose, which means we get something in our crawl and we're you know, we're mad at somebody or, you know, we feel like we've been done wrong or something or um, they either have a negative purpose or we or we operate by default. And I see a lot of people operating, they have a purpose by default. In other words, the circumstances define their purpose. Mm. And when, when a person defines that purpose, uh, because I think it's, I think it's powerful spiritual stuff. And, and I, you know, I, I, one of the reasons I love sports and, um, uh, you know, I didn't play football. I wrestled and played baseball, but, but, um, but, one of the things that I that I have heard in many many times is that team has spirit, or that man or that woman has a tremendously strong spirit. Listen, spirit doesn't have to be some weird woo woo thing. I mean, it is truly the source of our energy, right. and you know that better than most people, you know, playing professional football. And, sure. and so when we, when we stop operating that purpose by default and we literally define it, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell our listeners a couple things that they can do to start defining their purpose. Good. Go ahead. Say, Let's hear well, it. Yeah. Well, first thing is you, you have to, you really do have to define your strengths. Now you can use a profile to do that and that's good. But what I also what I also suggest to people is you pick out five of your closest friends or people who uh, who you are you're really close to. Now you know it could be mom and dad, but pick out other people as well. And you you send them an email and say I'm working with um, a coach to and uh, to define my purpose, and I want you to send me a list of my strengths. What do you see that I've been like in my entire life? Yep. And when you get that grocery list of strengths, then you kind of cut and paste, you know, you, you shift the words around, you move them around and what you'll come up with, for example, mine is to make a difference in the lives of people by discovering their potential and maximizing their energy. So all of those words came from words that people said about me. So you don't have to go rooting through your own head 
trying to figure this out because people see it in you and oftentimes we don't see it in ourselves. And so I start there. And the reason I start there is, is what you said uh, earlier and we agree on is the fact that if my purpose is strong, it's going to impact people. And I believe in our world today, that's what people are waiting for. They're waiting for that leader who ha- who who can give them hope. Yes. And give them a sense of direction. Yes. Um, I just, you know, I think, you know, leaders have an incredible opportunity now, but they got to get their own act straightened out first. That's right. And that's exactly why I wanted us to have this show. And you are just like tailor-made for the show today, brother. So this is uh, <laughs> this is good stuff. <laughs> well, and thank you. So, all right, so you gave us one, and you are broadcasting close to half a million people. So, Dr. Bob, what are some of the other steps? You said you have to define your, your strengths, and that can be one, done two ways. You can actually have people that know you uh, ask for five people to send you just their thoughts, a list of my strengths, and then also – a actual assessment tool you can do that what are some of the other things too the but another thing that you can do is you you like uh, um list five people mm-hmm. that that have had the most influence on your life and why I, i'll give you a really quick example when uh if we have time we have time for a yes really quick we have time yep we're good go ahead when i when i went into the air force i grew up in the projects in baltimore and and i had I was zero direction. I went in the Air Force, and um, and I, I truly, truly wanted out of the Air Force and went in in boot camp. But but you know one of the um, one of the TIs, a training instructor, who was always you know they always yell and scream and holler at you you know and make you feel stupid. But anyway. So I went up to this guy, I asked him if I could meet with him, and, and I went up to this guy and I said, I've made a mistake. I was two weeks into the military, I said, I think I need to get out. I've made a real bad choice here. And he said, Roush, he said, sit down. And, of course, I did whatever he said. And he said to me, if you don't do this, you will never do anything else in your life. This is the easy part. Mm. He said, the rest of it's going to be the hard part. Wow. And boy, was he right. I mean, it gives me goosebumps to think about it. But you know, Dr. Jason, it was like he was my significant influencer. And so I I have people write down four or five people who have influenced. I don't even remember the guy's name. I knew it was a tech sergeant. But but, uh, write down four or five people who most influenced your life because consciously or unconsciously, you are mimicking or following some of their behaviors or some of their impact on your life. That would be the second thing. The third thing is what I mentioned earlier. Write down significant life events from the time you can remember till today. Things that really had some tremendous significance in your, in, not only in your head, but in your heart and made a difference in the way you behave. Mm. Um, and there's lots of things I know, um, you know, people could come up with all kinds of things. I know when my first son was born, it was a significant life event for me. Um, 
my wife was in an accident and, and, you know, she flipped her truck like three times and, and, and God protected her. I mean, that was a significant life event. And then what you do with those significant life events is you write down what positive came out of it and what is it that you want to do with that positive to apply to your life. So there are three ways that you that, that right off the bat that a person can begin to create that purpose in their life using those three things. The father factor is, uh, I gotta, I have to say this one real fast. Go ahead. Take your time. Go ahead. I grew up in the, I grew up in the project. My father was, um, um, he was an abusive father. Um, now I love my dad. He didn't crawl out from under a rock, but one of the things that my father said to me over and over and over again is you, you're never going to mount anything if you don't study. You just won't amount to a thing. And so, you know, what did I do? I didn't study. And, um, you know, and so when I got into the Air Force, I became a Christian after I got into the Air Force, and I decided I was going to go to college. And I graduated, and I had this message in my mind that you're not going to amount to anything. And, and uh uh, I, when I started college and I finished college, I thought, well, you know, everybody, a lot of people go to college and graduate. That's not a big deal. Then I got my master's degree. I thought, well, I'll get my, I'll get my master's degree in psychology and I'll, you know, you know, kind of get more education. And when I got that master's degree, I felt the same way. Like, you know, not everybody gets a master's degree, but a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And then I decided I'd go out to California and get my Ph.D., when I got my PhD and I walked off that stage and I had that document and I felt nothing. Mm. I mean, I felt no sense of accomplishment. I felt no sense of, because it was never enough. You know what I mean? Yes. There was like that message had been so ingrained in me that even after having a, getting a PhD, it was like never enough to really please him. Mm. And and that's when I began to take a look at my own life. And I was, I was, I mean, at that point, my goodness, I had a PhD in clinical psychology. You know, I have to tell, tell everybody, every PhD in clinical psychology is not smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> let me say this, and we're going to, I want you to press the pause button because we're going to pick that back up on the other side of the break. But I got to tell you something before we transition, man. Hey, getting that doctoral degree, Ph.D., clinical, all the the scientific stuff, people need to realize, you know what, if you are not confronted with your own issues, then you're going to come out of that thing limping, emotionally, psychologically broken. Uh, So so we'll pick that up on the other side of the break. Hey, everybody, you are listening to Discover the Leader in You, and we're being blessed today. Dr. Bob Roshis sharing some nuggets with us. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about why leadership is no longer business as usual. And you better get ready to do your work if you're going to lead others. Welcome back, everybody. You are on with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen and Dr. Bob Roush, who is the president and CEO of Energy Driven Leader Incorporated. And before we went to break, Dr. Bob was sharing with us that, you know, we have to be careful 
with our words. I mean, our words have power. And just the just the the thought that the way he was raised and some of the things that were shared with him had a long-term impact on him and really impacted his ability to receive <laughs> not only greatness, you know, but the blessing of being able to achieve something like a doctoral degree in clinical psychology. So, Dr. Bob, let me ask you this. Now, if we're talking about leaders and dealing with uh, home of origin issues and some of the other things that we've been talking about, how does a leader really get off track and fall into negative behaviors, some of the negative behaviors we've been talking about? How, how do they fall into that sort of trap, and how can they deal with it, too? That's a great question. Um, there, there's this cycle. I call it, it. I wrote an article called The Insatiable Male. Uh, I'll send it to you. Thank you. And, and um, you bet. <clears throat> and and your, your, uh, you know, your listeners can... Um, can get it from you or they can get it from, they can send an email me and I'd be glad to send it to them. What happens is that when, when these behaviors, when these negative behaviors we talked about, hyper-responsibility, taking too much, being responsible for people rather than being responsible to people and um, needing to please people, I don't want people to be angry with them and all of that, and um, this, I need to prove myself. When those behaviors are consistently performed within um, the life of an individual, the, the mind has to have an escape hatch. In other words, the stress builds up. Now, again, I mentioned earlier that I, I, I promise you it's a, I have a way of curing anxiety when people look at those behaviors and do something about it. But the other part of it is that that if if someone doesn't really change those behaviors the mind has to find a way to compensate with the stress and typically what we'll do is we'll find these escapes the escape can be alcohol it can be drugs it can be affairs it can be pornography it can be a lot of negative and typically what happens is people will pick negative types of behaviors, and then it further drives them into, I'm, uh, I'm not successful, I'm, not be- I'm a failure, I'm not really, uh, you know, the, being the kind of guy I need to be. And, um, and so <clears throat> when, when, a, when a person, when, and I'll say a man, when a man's doing those behaviors, he has moved down to a place in his life where he really needs to get um, to get somebody to help him to get to shift that because mm. if the behaviors don't shift then what happens is they listen I have you said it in, in my internet I have five boys I have six grandsons mm-hmm. and I you know I don't even know what girls are in my family except my <laughs> wife but, but but the thing about it is if my dad passed that stuff to me, I don't want to pass it to my my boys. That's right. Yep. You know the responsibility is is uh, is heartfelt. I don't want my kids to think they have to prove themselves. I want them to know that you know that they're loving all that. So what I'm saying, what I say to men, and they say, "Well, yeah, I'm a father of a jerk," and yada yada, and and we talk about that. And I said, "Well, how are you doing with your son?" 
because the truth of it is is that we pass those behaviors on. So getting uh, some, getting in touch with those behaviors and beginning to shift um, those to more positive types of behaviors, for instance, getting into positive performance and uh, uh, just a myriad of things, knowing how to compliment people. There's a wonderful proverb that says, a word that's fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a beautiful metaphor of, of the fact that we, you know, we need to compliment. There's just a lot of things that people can do. I hope I answered that question for you. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely love that. And please send that article. I will actually uh, post it with the show notes uh, on okay. the website, and then also I'll link it back to your site too. So I think that would be a great thing. And it, it really segues into the next part of it because we've been talking about leaders that must really deal with their issues, and and that's really the rationale for not remaining status quo, because status quo would say, let's continue on with a mechanistic approach, and followers don't matter, leaders hold the power, and I'm just going to be who I'm going to be, where that's that's not going to work any longer. And you are really swimming against the tide, and I think I am too, that (laughs) leaders need to really operate with their hearts and they need to do the work to really maximize their ability to lead followers and recreate themselves in a positive way. So, yeah. So, you know, you, uh, you, yeah, you're, you're preaching to the choir and you're exactly right. Uh, again, when I thought about the title, why leadership is no longer a, a business as usual, it's not a, it's not about the speed of change. It's not about the massive changes. It's not about global business and communication is instantaneous and all that. The, the, the business that is unusual, the business that needs to be unusual is the business of the heart. Yes. That we have to shift from the, our head to our heart. And it doesn't have to be weird, you know, Pollyanna, kumbaya. It doesn't have to be any of that. But it has to be a person beginning to understand that that not everybody is a leader. You know? Right, it, right. It, and, and, you know, it surprises me that a lot of people in leadership positions just kind of believe that everybody can jump in and be a leader. You, a leader holds such an important space in our society. And and that ought to be taken seriously, and it has to be taken both with the head and the heart. If it's not taken with, you know, if it's taken with the head, then um, yeah, it, it won't be enough. If it's taken just with the heart, it'll be, you know, it'll be too much in the other direction. So, right. I, you know, I think both of those are, the balance is important for both of them. Yeah, that is so important. And we only have a few minutes left with the show, but one of the things that I just want to Make sure our listening audience is able to glean just from some of the things we've shared. That last little nugget that you shared there, at the end of the day, and I tell people this all the time, whether I'm speaking to 20,000 people in Quicken Loans Arena or five people on a mastermind session, you know what? Mm-hmm. When you lead with heart, you create undying legacy. And I tell people that all the time because the more that you speak into the life of others and you impact the heart, you really define how they're going to impact others. But the mantle of leadership is very heavy. (laughs) And unless you Mm. do the work, it's just not going to end well. And all the the nuggets that you've been sharing with us today, Dr. Bob, we got like two minutes left. If you had to encapsulate 
all this. And we're definitely going to have you back on the show because there's, there's so many other things that I'd love for us to be able to touch on here. But if you had right. to encapsulate everything, you know, what sort of advice, maybe that parting shot, would you give to those that are aspiring to lead so they can be ready and not damage people at the end of the day? You know, I, I would tell I would tell a guy something that I do on a, well, not a, not regularly, but every now and then. Go look in the mirror, mm. and and I know this is an old old thing, but look in the mirror and ask yourself: Are you being the kind of man and the kind of leader you really want to be in your family? And what do you need to do about it? Mm. That that it would be first to to really ask yourself that question. And then to, and then to, to, to find way, and, and, and I, I'm big on reading books, I think, but to find, you know, a Dr. Jason mm-hmm. or a Dr. Bob, find someone who can help them objectively look at how they can change the behaviors and, uh, and create that more positive purpose in their life. That would be my parting shot. Wow. And that <laughs> is very appropriate. <laughs> well, Dr. Bob, I want to say to you, I'm serious. We're going to get back in contact with you maybe as early as next week. But I'd love to have you come back on because there's a lot of stones that we kind of left unturned here. And I think we opened up the door. So we need to really deal with some of the things that we talked about uh, just well, from some of the reaction. Yeah, thank you, Doctor Jason. Listen, I am—you know—I—I—I I, I, I love you, brother. And I tell you what I've what I've seen in your in your uh, your website and and all of that, just on this show, um, we we really are kindred brothers. So Absolutely. I would love to. I'd Absolutely, love to thank you, brother. Hey, everybody, I really appreciate you listening in today. And I think, if nothing else, you have received some nuggets to be able to move forward and continue to grow as a leader. Make sure you stay tuned, and we'll be back on next week. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com. Be sure to join us every Saturday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to discover the leader in you. If you would like to be a sponsor for Discover the Leader in You, call Scott Souza at 1-440-552-2995. That's 1-440-552-2995.